0: What's going on everybody, welcome back to the In My Prime Podcast. We got a little gobble gobble Thanksgiving slate, turkey slate Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving's a great time of year. You got three football games, you got a ton of good food, you got family, and uh, what better way to make that experience a little bit better by attempting to win some money? So anyway, it's going to break down those three games, and also we'll break down the Black Friday game. Between the Jets and the Dolphins. So getting into the first game. Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. How I view this game. Packers suck against the run. They're not very good against the pass either. But very bad against the run. Packers without Aaron Jones. Offense is not very good anyways. Detroit at home. Puts up points. Wins football games. Even though they look pretty look pretty unimpressive uh, last week against the Bears. But going to chalk that up as to more variance. Bears were able to take advantage of Detroit's run defense. Which is not very good. And Goff just made a ton of mistakes that are uncharacteristic, un, uncharacteristic of him. I had like three picks, so chugging that up to more variants, But Detroit at home, man, put up points. They usually blow teams out, especially inferior teams. This Green Bay offense, bad, is not good with Jordan Love. And no Aaron Jones. Now they won't be able to run the ball. So I think a very negative game script is in place for the Green Bay Packers. Very positive one, obviously for Detroit. Anyways, first pick of the slate is going to be Jameer Gibbs over 44 and a half rushing yards, is where I played it. Make sure to join the dub club, get that play in real time. Uh, now, Jameer Gibbs, the best available line out there is um, okay, so still 44 and a half and minus 120 at Caesar is good. Uh, so uh, 45 and a half, minus 120 at MGM as well. And those are probably like the two playable lines still. But that's good. That's good. I'm glad I'm not giving out uh, unplayable lines. So, reasoning for Jameer Gibbs over 44 and a half rushing yards. So, he's in like a slight 1B with Dave Montgomery right now. Uh, Gibbs with Montiel played like amazing, and he is like locked into a slight 1B role, I think. So, before that last drive in that ugly game, Gibbs had eight carries compared to Monty's nine. Monty got three carries on that last drive to make it 8 to 12. But the week before that, Gibbs had 14 carries to Monty's 12 obviously that was like a little bit skewed due to Monty's long touchdown when they were uh, alternating drives but so yeah man I just think it's a slight 1b situation to Monty which is fine but yeah like I said this is just such a good matchup Packers run follow defense that allows the fifth most running back rushing attempts seventh most uh, rushing yards to running backs and they rank 20th in both rush EPA and success rate And uh, just going up, like, Detroit, I've mentioned this. I bet on their running backs a ton this year. They do have arguably the best, like, offensive line, running back, offensive play-calling scheme combo. Like, they're just such a good running team. And against bad run defenses, even against good run defenses, like, they're going to be able to run the ball, but especially against a run defense like Green Bay. Like, Green Bay's run defense is so bad, man. I mean, look at this. Last two weeks, Najee Harris uh, went 16 for 82. Like, really? Jalen Warren, who's good. He went 15 for 101. And then Austin Eckler, who I don't know if you saw him when he got loose last week, but he is just not. He's still a great receiving back, don't get me wrong, but man, like this dude, he is not a good runner at this stage of his career. He went 10 for 64. So they've just been getting, like, gashed by dusty running backs, like Najee and Eckler, like, come on. So great game environment that I talked about. The seven and a half point favorites at home. Packers offense is bad. They'll be without Aaron Jones. Lines at home, they're gonna score. They, like I said, best run game unit I think in the NFL, and they're also just like a very run heavy team. Like they want to run the ball as much as possible. I mean, they like setting up the play action. That's where Goff's at his best. So they'll get up. Uh, they won't when they get up. I think they might still pass, but they're not one of those teams that is just gonna be super pass rate heavy. You know, they'll be efficient in their passing game, but I don't expect them to be very pass rate heavy. Gibbs, obviously very good runner this year. He's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Passes the eye test just very fast. He hits the hole. Very good runner. All in all, man, I just expect like a ton of volume in this game for Gibbs and Monty. I, I have Monty slightly out-carrying Gibbs here, but um, in this matchup, his efficiency should be really, really good. Uh, I have Gibbs projected for 13 carries, 58 yards on the ground here, so... Yeah, um, I think that's around like 4.5 yards per carry, 13 rushing attempts. I so probably have Monty around like 15 or 16 carries, so yeah. But I think that with like 10 carries, Gibbs realistically should get here. 11 carries for sure, but yeah, man, I think that this is very low line. Next one I have. I gave up this one. I didn't even give a write-up for it. Um, This is like not playable. I just wanted to mention, I tweeted this too. Romeo Dubs opened up at 25.5 receiving yards at points bet and... Bad prop builder and um, it wasn't out on any other books besides those but obviously we played it <laughs> 25 and a half is ridiculous it's at like 39 and a half yards that's just like a little added boost for joining the dub club get those plays uh, get those plays Um, that are whack so I wanted to mention that I have that also on the game but I'm not going to talk about it next play is um for this game is Jamison Williams over 21 and a half receiving yards. So, obviously, I just talked about how I think the Lions run the ball really good. But I just think that their offense clicks here, you know. I think that the, off, the passing game is really efficient. I think that they put up a ton of points here. So, I think that there's a lot for everyone to go around. Anyways, Jameson, my reasoning is he's pretty much like a full-time wide receiver now. Uh, he was like at a 55% real participation last week. And then it just jumped to a season-high 66% last week. Or, or two weeks ago, it was 55 66% last week. And he also, he made like a huge play in the game. So they were down two scores and they were struggling a little bit. Jamison had like a 30 yard touchdown where he absolutely burned the defender. And that was like pretty much game saving for them because it gave him enough time to get a stop, get the ball back after the game. Dan Campbell, came out and praised Jamison. He said, the coaching staff, the players, they all have his full trust. Now they love what he's doing. Um So yeah, man, I, I think that this real participation will just keep going up. I mean, he's obviously like a really talented receiver. He just has struggled with like injuries, drops, just like little things. But, I mean, Dan Campbell trusts him. Teammates trust him. I think that his role is just going to keep expanding. Like, this 66% road participation seems like, like without major screw-ups, it should be like a floor for the rest of the season. So, Williams' stats this year, they're not great. Um, but they're kind of skewed to drops. He has three drops on 20 targets this year, which is pretty damn bad. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, his numbers will look, like, way better had he held into those passes because some of them were on, like, big plays, too. I know the week before, he had like two for 18 through the air, and he had like a 10-yard touchdown called back, which would be 28 yards. We just need 22. So yeah, man, uh, drops, they usually correct themselves over time, and confidence for Jammo, it's got to be running pretty high after that late game, massive, big play touchdown catch. So I just think that, that play might be like a season changer for Jamison. So yeah, man. I I just I've been super in on his talent since since college. Like, let's not forget he was like a fifteen hundred yard receiver at Alabama. Like, he was awesome. He's insanely fast, insanely shifty, super super good with the ball in his hands. Can make the big plays. So yeah, man. um, I'm all in on the talent, even though it hasn't really panned out so far in the NFL. But I'm also all in that his play has earned him like along with more playing time. But I think it's also kind of earned him more targets more schemed looks moving forward so i'm just in on like the trajectory for Jamison. all in all man uh if jmo is going to be playing like around like 70 of the routes i think that 21 and a half is just like a really low median line moving forward with his current role and hopefully we even see like increased involvement on top of that so yeah man we know detroit at home in the dome they're gonna have some explosive plays for the passing game They may look to run the run a score up on Green Bay. It's on on Thanksgiving. They're at home against a division opponent who has had their number for like the past like decade. So, twenty one and a half, man. It's just it's just too low. I I genuinely think that Jameson, if he has a big game here, like I think, like maybe he gets three catches for fifty yards, which isn't even like a big game, but like say he does that, I think that the median line for him moving forward is going to be like around like in like the middle mid thirties or something. So twenty one and a half. Uh, I I just think it's a very low median line for him. I mean, we saw the rail participation be there last week, and it should just keep things should just keep trending up for Jamison. All right, so that's it for that, Liam. Uh, next game, I'm going to talk about. I don't have any plays on, but I will talk about my leans, how I feel the game going. So, oh, hey, what's up, Archie? Hey, what's up? Okay, sorry guys. Uh, give me like a thirty second. Okay. Okay. Never mind. All right, um, so Commanders versus Cowboys. Commanders are 12-and-a-half-point dogs in Dallas. Dallas kills bad teams. They're at home in Thanksgiving. I think Dallas just runs a score up on them. Commanders just allowed, like, 250 passing yards to Tommy DeVito, the Giants. It's going to be ugly, I think. Um, I really like Dak and CD. I think they both go off. CD's lines is, like, ridiculously high, so I don't know if I can get to it, but I might end up doing that. Dak's passing yards are ridiculously high, too, but we've also seen Dallas, like, be willing to run the score up in recent weeks so i think that both those are definitely in play i I'd also know i missed like the best line by like a decent amount for both those guys so it's kind of tough um on the commander side of things man it's just like like this sam Howell who takes a lot of sacks against this behind this whole line against this pass rush like i don't <laughs> like man it's gonna be so tough um but a couple of leans i have are actually plays that haven't even came out yet Curtis Samuel has a receiving yard line of 26.5. I kind of am waiting for his receptions to see if we can get like a slightly juiced 2.5, which I probably would play, or maybe even a plus money 3.5, which I also would definitely play because I just want to target the low 8-out receivers against this Dallas team. Also, Brian Robinson, if Antonio Gibson misses, I think he'll get a lot of involvement in the receiving game like he did last week. And yeah, man, I think that garbage time could come through for these guys pretty easily, but... I think this game gets ugly. I think Dallas just like completely runs up the score. Tony Pollard is also a little bit interesting um, if Rico Dowdle doesn't play. Because if Rico Dowdle plays, like, he'll probably get a lot of garbage time work, but just something for thought. I um, haven't completely decided, but that's how I see the game going. Those are the, the things I'm like looking at. All right. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Geno Smith seems like he's going to play in this one. I... I'm not 100% positive, but he has lines out and all that. Um, seven point favorites for the Niners in Seattle, which is kind of crazy, to be honest. But, so anyways, uh, so this is a big game. Obviously, it's a Thanksgiving game, but San Francisco, seven and three, Seattle, six and four, um, two teams that are fighting for the NFC West uh, top spot. So, Niners are not going to take this game lightly whatsoever, even if they are pretty heavily favored. So, for my play, What's up, buddy? My, my dog's just having a good time. For this play, um, Debo on the year. So I uh, sorry I say where I got it at. Debo over sixty one and a half rushing and receiving yards. Played that at minus one fifteen at MGM. Okay. So Debo this year, if you take out week four, he was like really banged up coming in and basically a decoy out of there. Um, he didn't really he didn't do anything, but was really banged up going in and was just a decoy, in week 6, where he got injured and only played 15% of the snaps, he's had 63, 101, 131, 85, 59, and 62 total yards, so rushing and receiving, so very, very good numbers, I mean, the least he's had in the game was literally 59, so, he's also, like, historically really had his way with the Seahawks, he's had 112, 135, 157, 97, and 165 total yards against the Seahawks in his career. Uh, the 97 and 165 were against them last year too as well, so against a very similar um, personnel for the Seahawks, which is worth noting because obviously like it's, it doesn't really matter how good you were against the Seahawks in 2020. <laughs> but just saying, just felt like I'd mention that. Um, Seattle, they run zone 82.9% of the time, which is the third most in the NFL. And Debo, historically in this year, he's just like way better against zone than men. So good matchup for him there. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a huge game with given the Thanksgiving game, but the divisional game where two teams with very close records. Because of this, <clears throat> I feel like it's like a really good spot to get creative ways to get Debo the ball, especially in the run game. Because obviously, you might want to not want to run Debo, who's had his injury history. Um, you might want not want to give him many rushing attempts or reverses or creative creative play designs in games where you're just having your way of teams, which san francisco has their way with teams like all the time and just blows them out those aren't game environments where i want to be getting creative and wasting my cool plays or putting my injury more injury prone receiver like at risk for taking unnecessary hits so given like the game environment i I think that it's really good to uh for debo to get the ball on the ground and just in gadgety ways so yeah man i think a spike in like yards and rushing attempts on the ground is like very likely obviously um Debo's just like a big play guy uh, on the ground through the air doesn't really matter. So I just want to capture both of that. I think that um, he could obviously spike in the air, spike on the ground, one of the two. But I think that this line is very low. And I think that his chances of spiking in one of those categories is like very high here. So Debo over 61 and a half rushing and receiving is the, uh, my play for this one. Getting into the next game, we have the. Or not the next game, but the Black Friday game. We have the Dolphins at the Jets. So, what I... This game is just, like, ugly, man. Um, Nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The Dolphins are in New York and still favored by that much. Obviously, the Jets bench Zach Wilson are starting Tim Boyle, who I, <clears throat> I don't really see much difference. I mean, Boyle's not going to be great. He hasn't been good. I think he could be maybe a more consistent, like, passer on, like... Just, like, normal plays. You know, Zach Wilson just, like, screws up, like, normal plays. He misses, like, wide-open receivers. He, he has, like, the higher ceiling plays. But I think Boyle might be safer for just, like, completing, like, the gibbies, you know? Like, the easy plays, uh, all that stuff. So I think that Boyle might actually be, like, a little bit safer than Zach for feeding his weapons. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, this Jets defense is really good. Obviously, we know that. But if this Jets offense just uh, isn't going to be able to do anything on offense, they're obviously just going to be able to keep, like, getting the ball back, or keep getting um, mm-hmm. chances, and they'll eventually make plays, man. Like, this, it's Miami against an inferior team. We've seen this over and over again. <clears throat> Mike McDaniel, he's going to get in his bag in primetime. Uh, I expect, obviously, I agree with the spread, and I expected the Jets to be passing a lot in the second half. Expect the Dolphins to just do their thing. So... My play for this one is Garrett Wilson over four and a half receptions. I played it at minus 125 at where? At DK. Okay, let me quick, like check up. So I gave a, I checked the line in real time for Gibbs. Let me check the line in real time for Jameson. Jameson Williams. Um, okay, so still 21 and a half, minus 114 at FanDuel. That's what I played it at, and it's still up there, which is good. So you can still get that out there. Um, the other one that I gave out, Debo Samuel. Um, the rushing and receiving is still up there. Okay, yeah, perfect. So it's moved one yard on MGM. I don't care. That's still very playable. And then, or you could just pay the minus one nineteen at uh, at Caesars. So Debo's still all good too. So that's that's good. All these plays are very widely available. Love to see it. Okay, the Garrett Wilson one. So yeah, like I said, I played that at minus one twenty five. And you can actually get a minus... Okay, so it's still minus 125 at MGM. So that also hasn't moved at all. Minus 130 at DK, good with that too. Anyways, getting into Wilson, why I like him here. So, yep, Jets is 9.5 point dogs. I talked about the game script. I'm like, I'm very confident that <laughs> Jets will be forced to air it out all second half. Very confident that Dolphins will be able to overcome the Jets defense for at least like a few big plays and just it's going to get ugly at some point. Uh, yep. Tim Boyle is in a quarterback for Zach Wilson, and like I said, man, I I just trust him more to be like successful on like the quick slants, like the quick hitches, just like the easy completions that most quarterbacks don't struggle with, but Zach Wilson for whatever reason like, struggles with. So I do trust Boyle here. Um, think he'll be fine. Well, at least, at least, at least fine compared to what like what quarterback play Garrett Wilson has been receiving for the past two years. <laughs> that's what I. That's how I define fine. So actually, if you look look back at Tim Boyle, though, he did have a couple starts back in 2021 for Detroit in Weeks 16 and 17. He did a really good job of feeding his alpha receiver, which was Amon Ra St. Brown. <coughs> uh, Amon Ra, in those two games, he went 12 targets, 11 receptions, and 11 targets, 8 receptions. So that's like encouraging to see that he could at least like feed like a, his number one guy. Gil Wilson, obviously the clear alpha here, he's averaging 10.3 targets a game. Only five point seven receptions per game, but I mean, look at his quarterback win. So uh, he's over in seven out of ten games, and yeah, it's just like four and a half is like we weren't even seeing that with Zach, and now, <clears throat> like I said, I don't see this as a downgrade. So we were not seeing four and a halfs with Zach, and I don't see this as a downgrade. So I think that it just has clear value. The Jets they also just can't run the ball, which is weird because they have Brees Hall, but it's also they can't run block. So since week six. The Jets actually ranked dead last in rush EPA and 31st in success rate. They played some bad teams, too, man. They played, like, the Giants, the Raiders. Um, let me quick check it up. Like, the, the Bills, who are not a good run defense at all either, um, last week. But, yeah, they played, over that stretch, they played the Eagles, good run defense. Giants, terrible run defense. Um, Chargers, fine run defense. Raiders, terrible run defense. And the Bills, bad run defense, too. So, like, it's not even... They just can't run block for Brees, man. Like Brees is like a low success rate, high, high, uh, big play guy. So, I mean, Dolphins run defense is fine. I think that this is just like a, like the Jets, man. They just can't run the ball. So, obviously, if you can't run the ball, pass. So yeah, man. Uh, just to sum this up, it's just too low of a line. I think. Like I don't see the count, the QB downgrade at all here, to be honest. And uh, going up against Miami is big dogs. Expect a decent amount of passing. Expect them to be down. And uh, maybe Garrett has like three catches going into like the, f- the fourth quarter with eight minutes left. They get like two drives where <coughs> they're just playing prevent and he can easily cash. So we saw it with Amadra, Boyle was able to supply him with-, with receptions and targets. I think Garrett Wilson could do the same thing. All right. That's it for episode. Guys, enjoy your Thanksgiving. <coughs> hopefully you get some good family time and hopefully you get some winning bets. Obviously, that'd be nice, right? <laughs> Get some good food in, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um if you like if you want to get my plays in real time, uh it makes a big difference for basketball. Um even for NFL. Most of the time, obviously we had that Romeo dubs play that has like fifteen yards of value. Uh make sure to join the dub club and yeah, peace out.